0: You're listening to KZOM, Oleander on Public Radio. Hey everyone, it's me, DB, and this guy over here, Dave. Dave, how's it going?
1: I am well.
0: Good, good to hear. Is I am well your catchphrase? Kind of. Okay, cool, kind cool. Kind of.
1: I can't, I, it, it, it like read into me, I can't say, how are you doing? I can't say. I'm doing good because, you know, I'm one of the people in the race, go, you do well. Superman does good. Do not say, <laughs> do not say, do not respond to good. So when you ask me how I'm doing, I have to say, I am well.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Sounds good. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> All right. So, uh, hey, it's it's January 1st episode of the new year, I think. Is it?
1: Yay, we made
0: it! Yeah, Yay. it's yeah. no, I, I it's like I've, I've programmed all of the Pulp episodes for the month already, so it's like wait a minute, have I I've, I've, have, have I even put it, yeah, no, no, this is the first one of the year, and um, as I said, uh, Pulp episodes we're doing Detective Pulp on Oleander Book Club, and I was listening today uh, listening to one today while, you know, searching high and low, trying to figure out what happened to the mayor, and uh Hmm. Yeah, there was a really good one about a, a detective who was trying to figure out why there's so many more extra killings in this town as of late. And anyway, but it's it's fun detective pulp. Um, I bet it's I bet it the cause of it. Is a dame. <laughs> it's it's always something. It's always something. And and if it's like from like a more sciency pulp, it'll be like, oh, they use this type of gas that's only been recently discovered. I mean, almost kind of like how like H.P. Lovecraft is like, ooh, well, I'll put in like stuff I read in like popular science into my uh, yeah. weird fiction. These these uh, pulp writers did a lot of the same thing with like, oh, I'm gonna use like. You know, some of the neatest, newest stuff that I've read about, or stuff I've read about from like actual, like detective cases that are going on. Anyway.
1: Mm -hmm. Kind of like modern writers, you know, watching the the YouTube true crime channels.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or CSI, like ripped from the headlines. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. yeah, CSI doesn't have the—I uh, don't know—the what, whatever you call them—to uh, I don't know, be as rough and gruff as the old pulps were. Even though I don't know, <laughs> sometimes yeah. they are pretty gruesome. Yeah. <laughs> the,
1: the, well, especially well, they're you know, going off a little bit. But especially the radio pulps,
0: mm-hmm,
1: because because they weren't shown. Yeah, they were said. Yes. They could be much more violent. Oh, yeah. Especially when you get, like, the 1930s, um, you know, uh, the the Shadow, or even the Green Hornet. Yeah. You know, the Shadow and the Green Hornet might not kill people, but the the bad guys do, or, you know, the bad guy gets eaten by a shark. Oh, yeah. And when I started, you know, listening to that with my dad in the 70s, -hmm. uh, you know, I was, you know, nine or so, it dawned on me, this is so much more gruesome the what was on 1970s TV
0: oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> that stuff was great I I, I listened to uh, the shadow at some point in time I think it would have been around the time that the uh, the movie came out and uh, like someone somewhere was playing either a CD or a radio station was playing it and I was listening to it and I was like oh this stuff is this stuff is really good it wasn't my first exposure to the pulps but it was like my first exposure to like pre-batman pulp but you know <laughs>
1: yeah and yeah so you know and the uh la radio station the big news station that had like this clear channel that could go all the way from you know, uh, San Diego all the way up to Santa Barbara. They would, do, uh, they would do the old uh, '30s radio mysteries at eight o'clock at night, nice. Monday through Friday. So we used to listen to them all the time.
0: Very, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, no. Uh, Did you have any uh, pulp's that you're a big fan of there? Since we're talking about pulp's, there, so, Dave.
1: So you just happened. To, I mean, pulp's are kind of my. You know my my subject. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm researching um, the Domino Lady. Okay. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Domino Lady. She she's public domain. So in the last decade, uh, there's been a couple of Domino Lady uh, radio, Uh I mean, uh, audio books, Uh uh, books, and comic books. But originally, she was in six printed in 1936 mm-hmm. was printed um, in the, uh, the, the the spicy pulps okay, gotcha. uh, I think it was spicy romantic stories and when they went bankrupt the last one was uh, uh, spicy mystery adventure and spicy were built as kind of the, the softcore porn of the 30s
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, you, you had to buy them usually in a paper bag Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of innuendo, but there's nothing, there's, there's, it, 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 it could get on the Disney Channel today.
0: Gotcha. Um, hold on one second, but, Dave. Uh, hold on, hold on one oh, second. Was... Okay. I just had to get out my charcuterie soapbox again and state that oh. I have a t-shirt that says, Tales of Spicy Charcuterie, which I always wear to events where people would actually might get part of that joke about tales of spicy anyway.
1: <laughs> See I got the I got the spicy I got the I got the spicy part. I didn't get the sugar part. Yeah
0: yeah. yeah. But, but anyway, so uh, uh, let me throw that soapbox back over there in the corner and anyway, back to you Dave. <laughs> so so
1: it's very it's very sensual uh-huh, if uh-huh. not
0: outward sexually. Gotcha. So you
1: know, you know, there it describes her, her legs in detail. It describes in great detail, you know, what the the uh, uh, you know the the uh, silk uh, bedsheet feels like. You know, so very. They can't be out and out sexual, so they go very much into senses gotcha. how things feel, look,
0: touch, smell. Huh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, do you have a favorite pulp? Well, my favorite pulp. I mean, I, I, I did. I, I did. uh did like 11, 11 seasons on <laughs> the Cthulhu Mythos, and uh, that's, declared that's my true. love for Clark Ashton Smith. And yeah, no, no. Uh, I, I really love kind of like the. um Sword and Sandal, Sithogwa, uh, Mount Vormith address. Uh, story's slipping my brain right now. The, the Seven Gears. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, that's it. Uh, seven Gears. I love or Gish, as some people say. It's 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 pronounced Gish. It's like uh, Sean Connery saying gears Gish. Okay. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, no, I love that story, and it's just such a, a cool, fun, pulpy kind of like um, I don't know if I'd call it like Pilgrim's uh, Progress kind of story, but um, I don't know, kind of like it's 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 such a weird like travelogue of the underworld of ancient times kind of story that's <laughs> it just like always captured my imagination, and every time I I read it, I, I imagine it like slightly different because i've like learned a new word or learned more about clark ashton smith or pulps or like what he was going for and become slightly more involved and like understand the background of where it all came from and you know what what artists inspired and what kind of he was going for when he wrote it but anyway um yeah clark ashton smith's favorite pulp story of all time
1: um, definitely, and, you know, of the big three, you know, Lovecraft, Robert E. Howard, mm-hmm. Clark Ashton Smith started out as a, um, uh, a well-praised, accomplished poet. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yes, he did. A,
1: a, a, uh, I forgot, uh, but he, he wrote a, a book of poetry, and that's sort of what got him on the map, and then he jumped to po- from poetry.
0: Yeah 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 no he did he did and that's that's kind of a kind of a weird jump that's like uh i don't know it's kind of like uh halloween poet k.a opperman jumping from halloween poetry to pinups last year i mean i miss i miss stories about pumpkins but you know he's he's drawn pretty ladies so hey i don't know (laughs) <laughs>
1: so, 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 you know, I know we want to talk about what's going on in the city. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to throw out a theory. Sure. You know, I think, and say, if you take Lovecraft,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Robert E. Howard, yeah. Clark Ashton Smith. Sure. I think they were all on the autistic spectrum. Okay. And, and, and I don't think this is a bad thing. Oh, yeah, um, no. Lovecraft probably the least, but he was definitely an abused child. Yeah, uh, I had several people tell me, you know, looking back that they believe that that Smith was on the autistic spectrum, and and it just kind of makes sense to me that Howard, because too because of the way he acted, the way he reacted to people, mm-hmm. the way he reacted to stimuli, but also Howard had not the photographic memory, but he had a very very sharp memory. Yeah, and. And uh, people on the autistic spectrum tend to either have bad memories or very good. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I think if you think of them as human beings, sometimes mm-hmm. outside the literature, mm-hmm. it kind of makes more sense when you think that, especially Smith and Howard, yeah. who were probably on the autistic spectrum.
0: I, I, I kind of feel like uh, some of their whatever makes them them, their, their, their themness, um, has something to do, or possibly has something to do with like uh, isolation, isolation from people. Like uh, Clark Ashton Smith, kind of living uh, isolated from everyone, growing up isolated from everyone. Same thing with like Two Gun Bob. I'm, I'm, i, I if, he. He grew up in like kind of like. Super rural Texas, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. He didn't grow up in a city. Cross, Cross Plains. Yeah. Cross Plains, Texas. And Lovecraft, although he grew up in Providence, was sickly and isolated from people. And I, I think that has... I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's just, like, just happenstance. I mean, I don't about, know, know about uh, Kuttner or uh, Belknap Long or those guys. I mean, those guys uh, always seemed like, like real guys, real people. Like, they wrote stories about, like... People like like people. They didn't write stories. The people. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not about like supermen who can destroy anyone, or like you know ancient beings, or you know fantastical or, or ancient, stories yeah. of uh, uh, you know. I mean, they, they they wrote stories about like what would happen if like a detective ran into something from the Cthulhu mythos after they pooped themselves. You know. <laughs>
1: so so yeah. So Lovecraft is you know. The horrors of the stark reality of an mm-hmm. uncaring universe, and characters are a second thought.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, and I, I always feel like I, I know this. This isn't supposed to be a pulp pulp panel, but I. As, 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 hey, that's where it's going. But uh, a lot of uh, oh man, my brain is so not working right now. I have to leave this in. Um, a lot of um, two-gun Bob. Um, I, I feel like the the hero is so much of like uh, a demigod kind of like he was like uh, I don't know if he like was like well all my all my heroes are superheroes like before superheroes were a thing but like all my heroes are kind of like of uh, mythical levels of heroicness otherwise why write you know I don't know but
1: <laughs> and, and, and there's a lot of you no know, and there's a lot of wish fulfillment there oh sure sure. Uh, I was on uh, Monster Kid Radio, and we were talking about uh, the uh, um, the uh, TV version of uh, Pigeon, Pigeons from Hell, mm-hmm. you know. And i and it was very obvious the first time I read it that you know the sheriff Kirby character, obviously, you know, obviously was who Howard wanted to be. Yeah. But the other character, I didn't what I was reading it for that episode. It didn't dawn on me, you know, he's a, a tall, lanky, you know, person from New England that likes to travel. Yeah. You know, the other character was Lovecraft.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy stuff. It's fun stuff, too, but yeah. All right. So,
1: welcome to Pulp Talk.
0: Yeah, hey, everyone. Welcome to Radio Free Oleander, 1130 AM, KZOM. Oregon. I'm your host, D.B. Spitzer. This is Dave. Farmer Dave.
1: Farmer Dave.
0: So, Dave, something I wanted to ask you is, I don't know if you've noticed uh, around town, I figured I'd ask you since you are kind of like resident goat farmer. You're you're like go-to person about goat questions. Otherwise, we talk to Pinky about like specific goat questions, I guess. Like, why is this goat in my yard? Um... What do I do with this goat oh, in my yeah, yard? What,
1: what, type, what type of goat... What type of worm is in my goat
0: stomach? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for,
1: for those of you... For those of you who are just listening the first time, Pe- Peaky's our resident uh, veterinarian. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I, I forget. I, I forget people might actually, like, drop in from time to time to, like, listen to the specific uh, person who's being interviewed. But, yes. Yeah, no. Small town, North Clackamas County. Uh... Radio no Friolander.
1: No doctors, six veterinarians. Yep,
0: yep, yep. No, we can we, we can go to Sandy, I think, for a doctor. Or uh, drive up uh, north to Portland, which is a 28, 30-minute drive, depending on traffic. Uh, Sarah did it in 12 minutes last month. But, um, yeah, so, I don't recommend that. So
1: before that. we get too far off, but yeah, so our local... Uh Citizens Watch—they're hoping to buy a used Huey helicopter to, in case of medical emergencies. Yeah. No one's brought up the fact that none of them know how to fly a helicopter. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but I'm waiting for it to dawn on them.
0: Yeah. No. Um, yeah. No. No. Those. Those. Uh, are our volunteer police department. Anyway um so you were asking about goats goats yeah okay have you noticed the large amount of uh angora angora goats the we had to look it up we we we, it took us a while we're like what kind of goats are these and angora goats they're like uh, a puffy goat they at first we thought they were sheep but then we're like no those are goats
1: so I have heard about that at the feed store. Okay. So you know when I was picking up feed I'd heard about it. I have not personally seen them, but it's very possible since, you know, we have a large group of of goats here, I mean uh, maybe when we'll try to, and it would be obvious because we only have Nubians. Yeah. So if you know, and it would be obvious too because they'd be on the other side of the fence. Because my goats all stay inside the fence, except for Samuel and Sonia, who literally walk through walls. But yeah. So no, I have heard to answer your question a long way about. I have heard of an influx of Angora sheep, but I have not seen them myself.
0: I'm I'm ninety percent sure it's Minion. I think Minion like. Heard last week's or the week before's episode, and heard about the loophole about uh, whoever owns the most goats gets to be mayor if something happens to the current mayor, and the current you mayor's know, gone missing. That would make
1: sense. That would make sense. But yeah. if it's true, I, I feel sorry for those goats because the, the, that guy, when when I when he was skating it, I ran you know seventy or so angry goats by him. He
0: didn't handle it very well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know uh, Also, I don't want to work for that guy So, but then again, I think it was a appointed position from uh, Mayor Cooper So we'll figure out what's going on But uh, yeah. something that uh, you've got going on is you just recently had an interview can, can you tell me about this interview before I have to edit it? So,
1: yeah, so uh, Katie Webster Uh-huh And he is, he's written a couple books. Cool. Most of them are, well, a couple of them are vampire stories. Okay. And one is sort of a young adult superhero story. Okay. And I would recommend anybody go out there right now and find KD uh, Webster on Facebook. Okay. And follow him. Because he does these things. Um, and which he does basically these little skits where, you know, he writes a paragraph or two about hanging out with the different characters in his books. Uh-huh. And they can just be hilarious. But they're also addicting. You know, you know I, I tell them, you know, it's kind of like, you know, my mom in soap operas. You know, she would watch soap operas because she grew to care about these people. Yeah. But if she, she missed it with a couple of episodes, you know, it was no big deal. She, you know, it was fine. Uh-huh. So... Um, yeah, and, but not that. He is joining our paternal brotherhood of podcasters coming up
0: soon. Very cool. So very this new cool.
1: project is going to be a podcasting.
0: Nice. Very nice. So, all right. Well, here's here's the interview that uh, Dave did and we'll be right back after that.
1: Welcome back. You are listening to K-Z-O-M from Oleander, Oregon and you are on Radio Free Oleander and I am really excited because we've got a a writer here, uh, K.D. Webster in fact, uh, K.D. if you don't mind, I'm going to let you
2: introduce yourself Uh, well hello Um, hello Oleander and surrounding areas uh yeah i am katie webster i am a uh i guess i consider myself an up-and-coming writer um i write uh young adult fantasy and i write uh horror um supernatural horror and uh vampire or vampiric horror is it vampire or vampiric well you can just say one or the other or both um either or Either or, yeah, either or, yeah Longness is, you know, vampire, long teeth, suck blood, stuff like that And uh, let's see, you can follow me on Facebook um, I'm on Facebook under K.D. Webster And also on uh, Twitter, uh, K.D. Webster, the number four So either one of those two uh, social media platforms would get you to me How's that for an introduction excellent
1: that perfect perfect hey so i'm gonna throw in a question that, that i may throw you for a loop but uh recently we had a young adult writer uh uh melinda uh frank on and, and I asked her this question and, and now i'm gonna kind of ask you when when you write uh young adult fiction uh, do do you do young adult horror or do you do uh young adult different type uh of genre
2: for me it's just young adult uh fantasy um yeah fantasy. young adult okay. yeah young adult fantasy fantasy uh ur- urban
1: fantasy in a modern time or
2: uh i would say like um for this book that i uh that's under my uh young adult fantasy genre it basically it is set in contemporary uh, Atlanta, um, or basically a oh, suburb okay. of Atlanta. Uh, so what makes it the fantasy part of it is that uh, it tells the story of this young uh, young lady in high school, where as she she lives an ordinary life in Atlanta, family and friends. But when she goes to sleep, she wakes up on another world with a different personality and mm, awesome. with powers. And she's part of a team. And that team is set is uh, determined to save that world from a, uh, a devastating war. So uh, but for her, all she wants to do is just graduate high school. So that's what makes it set as uh, contemporary uh, young adult fantasy because the uh, the protagonist is a uh, a seventeen year old seventeen uh, year old woman.
1: Awesome! I, I love yeah. I love this whole sort of. There's a different world when we dream, dream idea, or when we sleep, we're in a different idea. That's actually one of
2: my favorite. Tr- ropes there. So uh, I and, definitely want to check that out. What's the name of that book? That's called The Dreamweaver. And that's actually where I got the idea from, like how we go to sleep and when we go to sleep, we see things so vividly. And we're like, we wake up wondering, well, well it felt so Will to the point where I could smell the popcorn or I could see the color red and when you have like go back to sleep and you have another dream that felt so similar to the last one it starts making you wonder well Maybe what they say about dreams and the whole spirit leaving the body while you're asleep, maybe there's something to that. And that became the basis of me writing this book. But it is the only uh, it's the only uh, young adult uh, book that I have out of my four books that I've written. The other three are more of a supernatural feel to it.
1: Okay. Okay, well that that makes a lot of sense there cuz I have always wondered, you know, you, just as a horror writer if you're writing young adult, you, you know, you kind of have to you have to pull your punches there. And, and it yes. sounds like
2: you're you more fantastic than horrific. Right, exactly. Exactly. Like um all of my books originated from one thing or another like the dream weaver it originated from uh the dreams that i were that i was having plus uh me choosing a female as a protagonist is a nod to the women in my life my aunties my uncles growing up not uncles my aunties and my cousins growing up they were uh The influence, me watching strong, uh, single women or strong, single mothers raising kids on their own and raising them successfully, that inner strength. And that's what I those were some of the ideas that the inspirations that I drew from when I was writing. Uh, My other books, like um, I have one book that kind of stands out in terms of uh, fan base, and that would be Adrian's Children, my vampire series. And that one originated because of a dream that I had. I had a dream about uh, I had a dream about vampires. And it was about vampires who were actually fighting each other. You had uh, one faction that thought of uh, humans as just, well, cattle, just a food source. And then you had these other uh, groups of vampires that really didn't want to be vampires. And they looked at humans as allies. And As I thought on the dream, I'm like, well, this could have a good one. This is good. But in the dream, they all originated from one person, one vampire that passed away years before. And so I was like, well, if I was to start writing this, the dream seems like more of the ending rather than the beginning. So I started exploring well, who would this vampire, this father vampire that sired all the other ones be? And that's started the origin of Adrian Chris, the world's first vampire. And the Mm. book, the book series is it started off as the origin of Adrian and how he became a vampire, but it, the focus is mainly on his children, the ones that he turned into vampires, hence the title of the series being Adrian's Children. So, it makes sense? Yeah, no, that, that
1: actually sounds really good. Now, I actually sort of came across you, um, I think, you know, sort of became online friends through Mm -hmm. your Facebook. And I would, I would, anybody who's on Facebook, I would suggest that they follow you at KD Webster. And and because you do these, these skets, uh, you do what, about three or four uh, a day with the different characters in your books. And uh, can you tell our audience a little bit about what that is?
2: Sure. So when I... First, I should I should start off by saying I was never really big on social media. I was probably one of the one of the last uh, holdouts to join Facebook. And when I became a writer, it was suggested to me that social media would be the best way to promote your to promote your projects. So I was like, well, I don't want to just get on there and just say, hey, buy my book. Let's make this let's make this entertaining. So as I was trying to be like, okay, well, what should I put on here? And I was thinking to myself, wouldn't it be cool to have like some of the main characters from each one of my books kind of interact with each other? And so it kind of morphed into this thing where they all would meet up at this place. I call it Katie's place. And it would be where they would hang out in between them acting out the stories in their books. So like when their scene isn't being read, so to speak, then they're hanging out at Katie's place and so when you have a vampire who's the main character in a book and the devil who's the main character in a book plus a superpower teenager and they all get together chances are there's going to be shenanigans one way or the other so yeah. that and, and so then from there some of the quote unquote supporting characters They got introduced as my Mm -hmm. companions and my companions would be the ones that would kind of help to keep me on track as a writer and help me to stay on top of my writing projects, which sometimes I don't want to do because I get easily distracted by a passing squirrel. And that's all it would take. Yeah, we we all do. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I see a squirrel, and that—that—that's it for me. So my companions in the on the skits—they kind of keep me on track and keep me on task. Without them, I would be lost. So,
1: and you're right. So, I, this I, may I, be huh? the strange. Oh, this may be the strangest compliment you ever get. But I love your skits. The same way my mother loves soap operas, and because it's got it because it's got characters that I care about and I want to see what happens to next. But if something happens and I can't be on Facebook that day, then when I do catch up to them, it's not so far behind. I don't know what's going on, and and, and so. You know, that's part of my day is, you know, when I'm on Facebook is I I check and see what's what's happening to, you know, Cletus and Pandora (laughs) and Natalia.
2: Well, as someone who grew up watching Luke and Laura on General Hospital, Alex, I accept that compliment. Totally. (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, thank you. So
1: definitely I, I I that's one of the one of the points of my day. Always get a smile when I when I check and, and see what, what your companions are up to.
2: <laughs> and like I usually I usually uh write the skits while I'm working, um, because I work from home and as far as my day job and I do twelve hour shifts. So that gives me twelve <laughs> hours to come up with uh come up with various types of skits and sometimes uh, a good majority of the time i'll put it like that the skits aren't even planned they just come out organically even when i will and 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 here's an inside thing here sometimes i'll start off by saying i can't think of any skits in reality, I've never really thought of any skits. Or I'll say that I lost yeah. my skits. And in reality, I never had the skits to begin with. Sure. Yeah. But, well, yeah, I, uh, that I find uh, them very amusing. Well, I will keep them coming. As long as I have inspiration, I will keep them coming.
1: Matter of fact,
2: uh, you to got the
1: new project, too. Oh, yes. Yeah, go ahead. But i say you also have a new project.
2: Yes. Uh, as of uh, as of uh, this new year, I am going to be uh, which either by the time of this podcast uh, broadcast Or shortly thereafter I will have have a podcast of my own um I'm currently doing the legwork as far as what all podcasts entail and even now as I'm doing this interview with you this is also giving me uh Information as far as how a podcast should go. But uh, I do know that the focus on it will be on uh, pop culture uh, items that interest me, such as uh, comic books, uh, superhero genre, animation, um, movies, music, and of course, books, with me being a writer. And uh, also, uh, Doing this podcast has given me the idea of every so often inviting another podcast onto mine. Um, even to just talk about the, the world of podcasting or even just to highlight their own podcasts. Uh, that's pretty much what I have working in my head but with each passing day I am kind of Honing in as far as exactly How I want it to be Right now it's still a work in progress Sure And, and, and we'll include
1: links too In our show
2: so that people mm-hmm. can
1: click On to it but, I mean I don't mean to brag But last year I made $12 podcasting So you Ooh. know I'm up there I'm up there in the, the Coveted double digit Podcaster oh. money mm. uh, So you know uh you know that, it's it, 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 gas it and lunch money out. right there makes, you know i worked it out you know it's uh, a dollar a it's a dollar a month and, and it's mm-hmm. not quite since so there's 52 weeks it's you know it's like 20 you know 3 cents or it, it works out you know like i'm making like 3 or 4 cents a day and mm. uh, not to brag not to brag i, I <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but hey, you know, at least you made some money, you know. A, a, a dollar, true, some change, a few a few pennies, couple of quarters. We could work with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and 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 podcast I'll tell you, podcasting in general has taken a hit with COVID. Because so many people listened mm-hmm. to when they were commuting. Right. But it's it's getting some swing. We're seeing it. We, I think, all the other podcasts are, are seeing things swinging back. Where where people kind of even if they can't commute, they want to mm-hmm. get back the, the the stuff they had before. Uh, and and I get that. And that's one of the reasons why I listen to podcasts. So mm-hmm. it, 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 it's a it's a challenging time, but I think it's a very rewarding time for you to to, to start your new project. Uh, do you have
2: a, a tentative title yet? Not yet. I'm kind of i'm kind of working on it like i alternate between um katie's place or uh radioactive donuts and and but oh, I, I cool. yeah and that's because of a a particular backdrop that i see on facebook from time to time and the backdrops are integral to the the facebook skits that i write Uh, But no, that's still still a work in progress. I'm still trying to think of what would be a standout, catchy, okay, let me check this out podcast title. But as soon as I know, then yeah, it'll definitely be mentioned on Facebook. Excellent. And we will definitely have links to that.
1: You know, we're about out of time, but, you know, I th- we have a saying in Oleander that, you know, I've been doing 2020 well, or I'm doing 2020 good, which means, hey, I'm doing good enough to do my job and take care of my family. but But nobody really, I think, really excelled this year. And, you know, that's okay. So I think we're all looking for... 2021. So is there anything creatively you or from other artists or writers that you're excited about for 2021?
2: Um, If I'm going to be honest, I just want to make it to 2021. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I would probably say the fact that uh, I just recently read that uh, Warner Brothers is seriously uh, considering, I think they've already decided that they're going to be dropping all of their uh, movie projects into HBO Max and uh, yes. as me, me being a big fanboy and knowing that DC is a DC Comics and DC uh, Universe mm-hmm. is a product of Warner Brothers uh, I know that that's where most of the movies are going to be going to uh, especially since yes. it seems like the movie theaters are going to be shutting down so I'm looking forward to knowing that yeah. the movies are still going to be going on Exactly, And and I'm not sure, but I think
1: I think Suicide Squad 2 is going to come out this year.
2: Yes. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yes, indeed. Yes, I am. Uh, it would be interesting to see how uh, I know Will Smith got replaced as Deadshot. So I think it's going to be Idris Elba. I believe that's going to be replace him. Don't quote me on that. I would need to to make sure, but by- so, so, so mm. I, I think he is, but I think he's playing a different character. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, See, I, I I have no problem being corrected when it comes to that. Well, well, I'm
1: just going off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But, but the other the other the, uh, Warner Brothers property that I'm really excited about that's not DC related is Dune. I've always been a big Dune fan, and and I'm really looking forward to seeing
2: that. Now I heard bits and pieces about that. Now is it going to be a actual remake or is it going to be like an, an updated uh, type of remastered type of version? So my understanding is it's going to be
1: uh, uh, basically much more faithful to the book.
2: Oh nice.
1: and it's gonna be, be be a retelling a retelling of the story closer to what sci-fi channel did when they did oh. the miniseries but at mm-hmm. a but at a, a a movie production level
2: Oh I do believe Frank Herbert would be proud huh I think so you, you know he was an Oregon boy I did not know that now I guess now my question yeah, he- is is he from oleander as well? Well, we, we we have we have so the Oleander newspaper,
1: Interesting Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, uh, during his when he he actually worked for um, the um, the Oregonian, which is the big Oregonian uh, newspaper. He lived in Florence, mm-hmm. which is a coastal town, and so the descriptions okay. of you know the planet of the dunes. He actually uh-huh. would go out and watch the dunes and describe them on the beach. But during that time. There was a mysterious Herbert Frank that wrote for the interesting times in Oleander. So uh, uh-huh. we can't prove it, but we think that there might have been a connection.
2: Hmm. Maybe. I mean, maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't. Who's to say? It's not like we can ask him now. So let's just say he could quite possibly have been that particular Frank Herbert. Yeah, we can go with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I have just absolutely enjoyed just talking to you. And we will uh, reach out because we definitely have some some contacts and maybe some suggestions to help your show. Uh, But anything else you'd like to share with the audience as we end?
2: Um. Just want to say thank you. uh, Well, first, thank you uh, to you, David, for giving me this opportunity. Um, This is my very first uh, podcast interview, and so I am greatly appreciative of that. Uh, For those of you 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 out there, hmm? (laughs) (laughs) so the nervousness didn't show then, huh? Okay, (laughs) it's enduring. What little showed was enduring. And uh, for those of you out there, uh, as I mentioned before, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Katie Webster Four, uh, Katie Webster, the number four. Also on Facebook, um, Katie Webster. And uh, I'm pretty sure by the time you hear this podcast, I will definitely be having more skits uh, on my podcast. Uh, on my page, and you can also look at uh, more information about not only me, but my various projects at kdwebster.com. And yeah, that should uh, I guess that's enough of me uh, talking about myself, which I'm not really good at, but yeah, that's those are ways to reach me and learn more about me. Well, thank you for sharing some time with us, and
1: Again, this is the Farmer Dave show and you're listening to Radio Free Oleander and we're going to pause with some intermission break.
2: Hey
0: everyone, thanks thanks for listening to that. Uh thanks for sticking around for the uh, third half of the show. Uh, this is uh, D&D... And just
1: real quickly, if you lost money because you didn't believe that we would be back like I promised, you deserve that lose that bet.
0: Yeah. W- w- what are you doing betting on a podcast? I mean... I don't know. Anyway, so uh, up next, D&D on d here at 11.30am KZOM Let me do that again. 11.30am KZOM Oleander Oregon thank you so much and we're, we're at the banks of the uh, the
2: oh,
0: Clackamas oh no 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 I thought we were over by that creek the the, the
1: oh where we where Crap Creek feeds into the Clackamas oh yeah 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 yeah. that weird yeah, so we're, so that's right about right the heart of the city is where Crap Creek comes into Clackamas correct I, you know I forget that because one's a river one's a creek yes
0: so yes where the crap creek meets the mighty Clackamas River oleander oregon k z o m up next, D and d on D and d theme song yes. and uh, here we go. Hey, Dave, how's it... the
1: bards? The... I would say the Bards did good on this one.
0: Oh well, thank you. that theme song. <laughs> I think I attributed it to you at some point in time early on. (laughs) I am a great bard. (laughs) I am a mighty bard. No, no. I I, I, I made that a a number of months ago. Um, I I just recently uh, saw a thing posting um, or it was a a, anyway, I I lost my train of thought on that. I was thinking about uh, a Facebook post about from a year ago where I was like trying to like retool the podcast into what Radio Free Oleander is like How could I get this to happen but I don't know Ugh. Anyway, but yeah, I'm gonna leave that part out <laughs> Hey everyone okay. Nope, sorry What were you saying Dave?
1: I, I was just, okay Okay, alright Hey
0: everyone, welcome to d d on D and I'm one of those Ds. I'm DB Spitzer, and over on uh, the other place over there, that's uh, that's Farmer Dave. So
1: yes, the F the, the F is silent, <laughs> so it's not D and F. D on D and D, it's D and D on D and D. Correct. The F is
0: invisible. Exactly. So, Dave, New Year. How to bring the New Year festivals into your D and D campaign? I mean, not not that many people had a, a big. Uh, hopefully, not too many people, unless you lived in New Zealand, had a big uh, New Year's party this year. But how how could people bring like a a, a New Year's celebration? What, let's let's what's what are some plot hooks? What 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 could a a New Year's celebration turn into for? Uh, a, a campaign or a, a group of adventurers, do you think?
1: So, so you and I were, were talking about this. I was kind of thinking, first of all, what would designate a new year Yeah, yeah. for a, a medieval society? <laughs> and, and one of them is, you know, your years go off the reign of a, the monarch. Yes. You know, the year of King Second Side, or You know, King Thir... Queen Year Three and Queen So and So's reign. Sure. So, one thing I was thinking, it could make you know, a new year, but it could also be uh, a coronation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That'd you be know? Pretty and cool. so,
1: so, there's a couple of things, you know, you could do. One is investigate why the old monarch died. Mm hmm. You know, but other, you know, maybe it's a, a time of of celebration and you know um they could be like like a when you know the new queen or the princess becomes a queen or whatever they have like um you know they have um where you go out and you find things and now the word is missing what when you go out and you get an assignment you find this this and this
0: uh scavenger hunt
1: thank you i just completely forgot but maybe the scavenger hunt is, you know, giant owl eggs or something.
0: Gotcha. That's that's pretty cool. I like that. I like that. That's cool. I was thinking, what if we're not talking about a king? But what if what if what if your new year's based off of some ancient ancient Dragon that isn't necessarily uh, your your ruler, but maybe maybe treated like a demigod, maybe treated like kind of like a uh, like your your continent's kind of like I don't know uh, gives with one hand, takes with the other. Kind of like oh yeah, no that's uh, that's that's and and you know we give him this many livestock every year. Uh, you know it's like what if. Oh, it's the beginning of the year. We need to pay tribute to the dragon. You know? That's cool. What, what what if, you know... What if you have to be part of the group that has to... Bring tribute to your dragon... Uh, for your village, but... You get robbed by bandits. And what do you do then? There's your plot hook right there. Or there's 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 a multitude of things. Or, you know, once you get there... What if the dragon tasks you with something... Because you have... Some sort of I don't know, some sort of relic that's been given to you as uh, first level adventurers that isn't very powerful, but is something that the dragon spots and is like, I know that. I don't know. Chance to use dragon forces. Anyway, I'll put some reverb on that in post. <laughs> a, giant,
1: a giant. So you've got like a, a giant round gold sphere with a Z on it, and it's the Dragon Ball Z. <laughs>
0: uh, people might take away uh, any nerd credit I have to, that I have but I I don't get Dragon Ball Z jokes on the internet because I never watch Dragon Ball Z I've I've, I've watched bits and pieces here and I've been like so it's a fight that takes two episodes? Okay, cool
1: (laughs) Krillin gets beat up I love Krillin but he gets beat up every episode Okay,
0: so back to the new year what, what what else do we got?
1: Well, in the United States, you know, in, in modern society, the New Year is a very secular holiday. Yeah. But you know, not so in ancient societies. The New Year is can have you know, especially depending on what your your deities are, mm-hmm. it can be a very religious ceremony. Sure. Especially say something. Um, you know, some equivalent of the North mythology or something where you know the days are now uh, assuming and you could put the new year wherever you want, but it would make sense. maybe that the new year starts on the solar so, I mean the winter solstice. and now that the the darkness is leaving, you know the good has had to hide because the darkness is is taking over. So they've got six months, basically, to, to fight back the evil that that walked the land for for six months. Ooh, so now on, on a holy crusade, and then at the end, where at you know they they come the the winter. I mean, our, or the equinox, it goes into the the winter uh, solstice. You've got to get it. You're into a defensive position.
0: Huh. Whoa.
1: I like that. It's cool. So one other idea I, I had. Uh-huh. Who's to say that on your world New Year's is the same day for all everybody? Uh-huh. uh-huh. So, you know, the elves have a New Year's Day, uh-huh. the Dwarves have a New Year's Day, sure. the Druids worship Lunar New Year's Day uh-huh. and you know, the kingdom you know the kingdom worships you know solar new year's day you could do like six new year's days throughout like a year
0: oh heck i mean how many different religions exist within human society in your world or in your elf within elves like not all dwarves worship the same gods i mean there's (laughs) confusing
1: (laughs) but but some sort of event happens only on like an ordained new year's day okay so like the ghosts come out on that day, or that's the day that you know. If you go to the dwarf kingdom or the elf kingdom or whoever celebrates the, the New Year's Day, uh-huh. you can contact the ancient spirit so it will give you your
0: mission. Cool, I like that. Mine, mine is a bit more secular. Um, I like to call this plot hook. Dude, where's my bard? Imagine your party overindulges on on at that at whatever the uh solar uh secular religious whatever it may be uh, new year's event um the next day they have to present a uh, important song tribute to the king to the dragon to the giant flaming eye in the sky to the uh, uh, queens of the uh, underwater world, uh, denizens of the Underdeep, whatever your campaign needs. But here's the thing, y'all messed up and left your bard somewhere and your bard's gonna sing and perform the music while you guys just kind of like hang out and collect the money. You know, your job is to get the bard to this place and you done messed up and you lost your bard. You have to backtrack. You have to fight battles. You have to go through sewers. You have to do all this stuff. Maybe a two, three, four kind of like I don't know, um, one shot kind of thing. You know, meet up a few times and do this. Maybe turn it into a campaign. Anyway, uh, dude, where's my bard? Oh man, that's also the Hangover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just solved a mystery. Those two movies are the same movie. <laughs> All right, what else do you got, Dave?
1: Yeah, you know, that's
2: pretty what I pretty much
1: what I was thinking for for New Year's. Uh I tell you what I do like Sure. Um, use New Year's as um the starting point for, for modern adventures. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I've always wanted to run the Spycraft or something. Uh-huh. You know, the Spycraft the 60s or uh where there's sort of like a a joint task force. You know, the the Soviets and and the West, they get together to fight these supernatural. And and my idea for introduction was that was like there was this big diplomatic party on New Year's Eve where there was, you know, Eastern diplomats and Western diplomats. And and the supernatural forces attack that party. So they have the New Year Day uh, Treaty where a small portion of the, the CIA and a small portion of MI6 and a small portion of KGB all get together. And they no longer have loyalties to the country. They're loyalties to the world to, be, to save it from the supernatural menace.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I have used uh, Chinese New Year's in Call of Cthulhu to cover up the sounds of gunfire. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, that's, that's one thing I've used. Um, and I've started campaigns like uh, on New Year's, just kind of like uh, an F-20 campaign. Started on New Year's Oh, excuse me. Started it on New Year's just to like be like, this is a new year. Uh, you're all at a fest hall. You all meet up. It's like, you all, you all say, uh, you know, make a New Year's resolution. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do something. Everyone gets in a bar fight. Everyone pairs up. New Year's, new, you know, new things going yeah. on. Just get out there and do it kind of like just kind of like the laziest plot hook of all time. You meet in a bar because it's New Year's. New yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it gives you a reason. Oh, why do you meet in a bar? Why are you drinking? Why is everyone fighting? It's New Year's. <laughs> well, duh, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I, the
1: other Call of Cthulhu um, set on, in Vietnam on <laughs> Tet. Okay. Which was the Lunar New Year. Yeah. So you're in Saigon and you're trying to track down this artifact and then not only you got, you know, the, the ghouls or whatever, but then all of a sudden the city is there's a bunch of N V A and V C in the city, you gotta get through them to you know, to stop the ghouls.
0: Yikes. That sounds tough.
1: That would probably now that it's out i think i'd do that as like a pulp just to, i mean so you're not like faking dice rolls
0: yeah yeah
1: okay there's there's a rpg launch at you well that should have killed you oh, oh no nope, 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 it rolled, rolled, a, rolled a 90
0: Ah, uh, yeah all right well hey everyone we're hoping that you are having a great new year and that you're having some fun out there playing some rpgs of some sort uh dave any any uh any fun rpg fun going on with you these days
1: um uh, just uh, i'm i'm really enjoying now that that you know the world's getting back and i and i realize that the, the video game's got mixed reviews but i'm, I'm really enjoying getting back to uh, cyberpunk 2020 nice um uh and And i will admit um uh, what's out there that cyberpunk red is much smoother rules they they really worked on some things nice but um, uh, but you know uh, you, you got you got to love
0: the you got to
1: love the roaring
0: twenties and the thepondsmith uh cyberpunk world nice that sounds pretty cool that sounds pretty cool i i i myself um I'm, I'm i'm just playing uh the final fantasy seven remake on p s four uh that's that's all my rpg right now but it's pretty fun for me but yeah all right well everyone thank you so much for listening to radio free Oleander. we've been your hosts farmer dave right over there
1: and db which is over
0: there, there. yeah yep yeah, i'm right over here i'm right over here i'll do a cool audio trick there did you did you hear the cool audio trick i did last time dave
1: Yes?
0: <laughs> I, I, I said, to your virtual left and your virtual right, and then I had the uh, audio pan to the left and the right when I said left and right. Anyway. <laughs> oh,
1: well, uh, I was listening to it with one. Okay, so I was listening to it with one uh, uh, little earbud. In uh, little ears. I, didn't, I didn't have stereo at the
0: time. Oh, no. Oh, man, there's so much you miss if you just listen to this in mono. It's like the difference between listening to a really good album in mono and a really good album in stereo. It's um, Actually, there's really no difference, but there's some cool audio tricks that I do here and there. Uh, thank you all for listening and listening to me babble and listening to Dave make some good points here and there. <laughs> and babble. And babble. Don't, 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 don't bogart the babbling. <laughs> no 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 uh yes uh i babble and i laugh at my own jokes and dave uh thank you so much uh it's a new year uh in february it will be season 13 of pgttcm.com where all this stuff comes out of whether it be black Clock audio tales people's guide to the cthulhu mythos we also do articulate warbling uh, here and there we're working on The Ballad of Johnny Smooth Skin. We've got a bunch of different stuff going on right now. But right now we are focusing on Radio Free Oleander. We hope you like it. In the future, we're thinking about doing some uh, Cthulhu Mythos lore, getting back to that, get some of that going on. And we hope to hear from you in the future if you've got anything you want to say, if you want to write to us, if you want to send us any pictures if uh, you want to say hey we really like this episode or be like oh we had this cool D&D idea and we did it like this let us know Dave do you got anything to say before we say goodbye
1: nope so goodbye
0: Cool. That was a good episode.